Oh, snap. Somebody on on Facebook Marketplace is selling one of those inflatable Coleman hot tubs. Jesus Christ. I low-key want one of those to take on, like, SCA trips. Because I think it would just be the dopest thing to have. That does sound like the kind of thing you would think would be the dopest thing to have. And you you make it feel you make you're making me feel like I I'm wrong, but I know I'm not. Tuning into Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. I am Brian. You can uh, I use he him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod, and you can find the podcast on Twitter at Gay Space Pod. And with me, as always, is my ship hating uh, co-host August. Yes, I'm August, notorious <laughs> ship hater. My pronouns hater are of they, romance. Then. Yes, notoriously anti ship. I mm-hmm. do not do not ship things in front of me. I I do not enjoy characters <laughs> being in romantic relationships with each other. Uh, my pronouns are they them. You can find me on the internet, specifically Twitter at Harpydora, at, which definitely does not have any shipping shit posting on it right now. <laughs> I like how I just say the internet. The twi- Twitter is the only internet, apparently. <laughs> they know when I say it, at whatever, like you get it. You're on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're here, you're probably on Twitter. Is there any? <clears throat> Uh, I don't think there's any major cartoon news that I know of. Um, possibly. Let me look at the Discord. It would yeah. probably been in the TV shows, right? Yeah. I feel like something got posted recently. Idris Elba is Sonic or is Knuckles. Yes. I forgot. Yeah. Yes. There we go. That's the biggest cartoon news. Yes. <laughs> absolutely that's, correct it, i don't know if that's what we were thinking but it is no, now that is, that is what i was thinking okay good i just have a hard time keeping it in my brain that idris elba is going to be knuckles like yeah i don't the two concepts are like oil and water to me i don't think not so. that knuckles i'm opposed so cool. to it i'm not opposed to it it's just like how did this happen who who knows about dead bodies Idris Elba has buried to make... Th- Ow! A bit. Did he bite you? Yes. Monster. Yeah. Who who knows how many bodies and where they are that Idris Elba has hidden to make this happen? I don't... Who needs the... I After watching uh, The Suicide Squad, I'm like, yeah, he's Knuckles. He's Knuckles the Echidna. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Let's see. Um, did we talk about uh, shit has gone very, very shit has gotten extremely gay on the Owl House? I I, uh, I come to report. That that's good. I can't wait to get there. Uh, yeah, apparently we, they're gonna post the other half, like the other half of the episodes that have aired so far s- since season two, uh, relatively soon on Disney Plus. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're still working our way through season uh, season one. We watched 
uh, episode seven recently, which I mean, I watched, but Anya hadn't. So we watched it together. What's episode um, seven? That's the library episode where we find out that Luce is into uh, oh. enemies to lovers. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. It's a very consumable show. It's very good. Um, I'm I'm constantly delighted by like the character and uh, environment design. Um. Oh, apparently, also, uh, Amity's voice actor is also Katara. I guess. Huh. From is that right? From what you call it? From Last Airbender. Yeah. Yeah. At least I that's think that's interesting. Right. Yeah, Avatar the Light. Yeah, and then um, she's also a voice actor in some other things, where she swears a lot. And somebody posted that over Amity. It was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, apparently she's uh, Wonder Wonder Girl in Young Justice. That's cool. Um, she's some character I do not recognize in uh, Voltron. Um, uh, apparently she's on a few episodes of Drunk History, which is probably pretty funny. Hmm. Uh, okay. Oh, I guess she's just straight up April O'Neil in the uh, 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Huh. Yeah. Neat. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That show continues to be very good, very gay. Uh, I continue to either want to date or be Ida. So, yeah, I think the, the, I think those are fi- fair emotions to have. I yeah. cannot wait till you, you meet... You meet Rain. I'm excited. Yeah. Um... I don't know if there's any other cartoon news. August, have you watched any cartoons? Uh, well, we have been watching Owl House. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's been uh, that's been pretty good. Uh, and uh, we continue our descent into Chinese BL drama hell. Uh, <laughs> where where what does the BL stand for? Boys love. Boys love. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it's about the yearning, Brian. Uh-huh. It's all about the yearning. It just, like, the the way that they emphasize, like, the the meaningful looks and, like, it, the, the, uh, it, it just activates something in my brain. It's, it's about the yearning. Um, we're about halfway through Word of Honor. I know what, um, I know what you mean, August. I read Paradise Kiss in high school, too. <laughs> God damn it. I feel like, why did you have to come for me like that, Brian? <laughs> well, I could have named Loveless, uh, so. I did not actually read Loveless. Uh, I cosplayed the tall one for an anime convention. <laughs> Well, I was literally chained to my friend for most of the day. We did not buy a fake chain. Jesus Christ, Brian. Yeah, it was dumb. We should have won the cosplay contest. They gave... We got cheated. We got the biggest reaction 
uh, when we kissed each other on stage because we are theater kids and we know what gets a pop. Uh, uh, and we did not win, and I'm mad about it still. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I did not read Loveless. Uh, it, it's fine. You shouldn't have. That's a bad. That's not a good. It's not a good book. Is that the one where like you're a cat boy until you lose your virginity and then your cat ears? <laughs> yeah, it's real fall bad. Off? It's some real bad <laughs> anime shit. <laughs> like I do not. Uh, I do not. I. I'm telling you right now. Don't go out and seek this manga. It's uh, not good. I, I'm not going to. Yeah. I. I have other things that uh, I would rather ingest that are probably also very bad, but um, <laughs> they're bad, but in a modern way. Taste. They're modern yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if Anya and I are going to hit up the Untamed next, or if we're going to hit up Scum Villain next. I'm kind of <laughs> the Untamed think- just sounds exactly like a CW drama. <laughs> this fall, the Untamed. Yeah, I I don't even know what what the Untamed is is about, but uh, Scum Villain is much shorter, mm-hmm. uh, and it just got its second season. So I may try to angle for us to watch that one next. Next, and that one is a cartoon. Oh neat! Um, it's got a good name. I like the name. the The novel that it's from, uh, the full title is uh, "The Scum Villain's Self Saving System," and to my understanding, it's about a dude who was super into this uh, novel series, and after it ended, uh, he died and got reincarnated as the villain in the novel, but like near the beginning of the series, and so now he's trying to do everything to prevent uh, the villain's untimely death at the end of the novel series, and also he kisses someone. Oh, nice. Like a boy, someone? Yes. <gasps> Wait, are these still Chinese? Yes. How did that happen? Well, I mean, I don't think that they actually kiss in the, the show, but like... Oh, okay, might be... Yeah. I thought that's but what like was it's, being implied. It's I was like, canon the in the novel. Okay. <clears throat> so. Well, cool. Um, I watched The Suicide Squad. Um, there's a, there's a big himbo shark in there, isn't there? King shark. King shark is a shark. Uh, I would die for him. I'm excited. I should watch that. Stop. It's the weird thing is the plot is almost exactly the same plot as like the other suicide squad movie. That's not good. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know if it's like. Because there's less studio interference, because David Ayer has complained about a lot of studio interference, and judging by the way that it's edited, I would imagine that that is true. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, David Ayer is a bit of a fucking hack. Um, And especially, like, no director is perfect, um, but James Gunn is pretty good at the thing that he does. And if you like early James Gunn shit, like Slither... You're gonna like this movie if you if you like combined Slither with the ensemble work that he does in Guardians of the Galaxy. Not tonally speaking, but like that mm-hmm. level of ensemble work that he's capable of doing. Um, then that's what the Suicide Squad is. Nice. Um, it's definitely worth it. It's a little slow in the middle, but like it's good because you're building up the character, so you don't notice it as much. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it can be boring as long as there's a point for the boringness, and there is. Yeah. Oh! Um, also, it's got my favorite... It's got, like, a great final boss. <laughs> so. That's fantastic. So, the person that um, May Whitman plays on Drunk History, I believe, is... Uh, Ludmilla Pavlichenko, and if I recall correctly, she is like the deadliest Russian sniper in World War Two. <laughs> nice. So, that's cool. That is cool. Um, did I do anything else? Uh, Bad Batch, I think, is either wrapped up or is wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been okay. Uh, it's not mind blowing, but it's not bad. It just feels kind of like more middle tier Clone Wars stuff, which isn't mm-hmm. a bad thing to be. That's a pretty good show overall. Um, I also watched the first episode of What If that came out today. Like the Marvel What If thing. Oh, yeah. Not impressed. That that sucks. Yeah, it's like I was kind of thought this would be the good foot forward. I think the thing is this the maybe the least weird one. Because this is mm-hmm. the Captain Carter one. Yeah. Um, and it's feels very, very much like just Captain America, the first Avenger, but they, they swapped Peggy and, and Steve, which is mm-hmm. fine, but, like, that's not interesting enough for me to care. <laughs> Yeah. Like, there is already a good Peggy Carter uh, solo <clears throat> series. It's called Agent Carter, and it's dope as fuck. Um, I don't need 30 minutes of what if Peggy Carter, but she had super strength, and that's all that changed. It's like, well, that's not, that's not, like, super duper interesting. But I know yeah. there's going to get, th- these are going to get weirder as they go along. And so hopefully as they get weirder, they'll get more fun. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I like weird-ass superhero shit, and we're, I thought we were finally, like, I felt like Black Widow was maybe the last gasp of, like, normal, boring superhero garbage, uh, and we were going to get more shit like a Wanton Division or a Loki, you know, because, like, multiverse shit's supposed to be the big... And also, apparently, all these what-if stories are technically canon to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. Uh, because of the multiverse stuff set up in Loki. So. Marvel is exploring possibly spinning them off into live action things, I guess, as if they are turn if any particular episode turns out to be very popular. Mm. So. So it, we're basically paying for Disney Plus subscription to be part of their focus testing. Got uh, it. Almost certainly. Yeah. But I mean, that was always true. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, I think, I think that's it. I haven't really gotten into much of anything else. Uh, I continue to implore everybody to watch Turn A Gundam. It still is a great Gundam. We're, I'm so deep into Turn A Gundam at this point. By this point, every Gundam gets bad and this Gundam continues to stay great. So go back, watch that good, good 90s anime. (laughs) Okay, well, we should probably get into the episode. 
I can't believe that you read me like that. How the fuck did you know Paradise Kiss? Because we're the same age, August. (laughs) We went to high school at roughly the same time, and we had probably a similar set of friends and influences in our lives. (laughs) I don't know, because I I wasn't a theater kid, and... Out of my main friends group in high school, only two of us turned out to be queer. Right. I mean, I was a quote-unquote theater kid because theater was the place that we all hung out at. We weren't... I was probably... Of the people in our theater group who went on to do, like, theater in college, it was me and, like, one other person. Um, Like, we were just the nerd kids, and theater happened to be the place where we could hang out. (laughs) Ah. Yeah. So. Also, there's only so much, like, there was only so much manga available at the time when we were, we were teenagers and consuming it. So, like, it seemed like a decent, like, a a good shot that, you know, that was what was available. That's fair. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's get on with this so I can disappoint you. Yes! Uh, this week, (laughs) we are watching episodes 82, 83, and 84, Barnmates, Hit the Diamond, and Steven Floats. Uh, first up is episode 82, Barnmates, came out on, um, May 26th in the USA, uh, apparently May 21st in France. God bless Cartoon Network France for leaking all of these constantly. Um... This one was written by Hilary Florido and Jesse Zook. Official synopsis. Steven helps two friends get along at the barn. <clears throat> sure. <sighs> <sighs> at the barn. I, hmm? That, mm, yeah. I just... I'm, I, I don't... I don't yeah. know why I even get disappointed anymore right it's still disappointed it's like it's just so they're getting so and i guess like it's to maintain stuff i don't know they're just they're getting very short and it's like why though after seeing all the outhouses ones it's like you can do this why why are you doing this Mm mm-hmm all right, so at the barn, we open up with Peridot uh, recording her log on her voice uh, recorder, detailing uh, how uh, she will very easily be, uh, befriend uh, Lapis and uh, they will happily spend their time together on Earth uh, right in front of Lapis and Steven. Uh, I love Peridot. Um Lapis, after a bit of an argument, Lapis tells Steven that uh, she did not expect to be living with Peridot. Uh, and Steven suggests that maybe they should just divide the barn in half. Uh, Peridot, uh, goes along with this, but Lapis is still refusing to live with her. Um, basically saying that she just can't stand the sight of Peridot every day, seeing as how Peridot kind of forcefully drug her back to Earth. Um, Peridot is dismissive of these (laughs) concerns a little bit uh saying that uh that lapis was just an informant she was only following orders at the time but she's different now she's not that same person anymore um steven kind of tries to validate this point but uh, eventually lapis is like listen 
this just isn't gonna fucking work and she she bounces out to the silo uh steven is confused about this resentment um and suggests that maybe peridot should go and apologize to lapis uh they draw up a cute little i'm sorry i uh imprisoned you and drug you back to a planet that you hate card uh i assume because they they're too far away from the hallmark store and uh peridot writes a very sincere note in there where peridot's like basically like hey uh i'm sorry but you were an extremely useful source of information. This is a compliment, I promise. Uh, Lapis is less than enthused about this. Uh, going back to the barn, uh, they try and come up with a new plan on how to get uh, on Lapis's good side, where they create a tiny little uh, pond out of the crater that was left behind by the drill because Lapis loves water, uh, to which Lapis uh, informs Stephen and Peridot that she just spent the last few months crushed under the weight of this planet's ocean uh, to hold Malachite down to save everybody. Uh, so she's not really feeling water right now. Par back at the barn, Peridot is extremely frustrated. Um, and Steven suggests, like, maybe you should give her something that's important to you to show her that you care. Um, Peridot is confused about what to give her uh, until finally she realizes it should be the tape recorder. Uh, she goes to give the tape recorder to Lapis, who is less than enthused about it. Uh, but Peridot explains that Stephen gave this to her when she first arrived and that she uh, it helped her a lot to be able to talk to somebody to like be able to express these feelings. Um, Lapis uh, makes a snide remark into the tape recorder and then crushes it in front of Peridot, uh, to which Peridot, uh, explodes at Lapis saying like, what is it? I don't understand. I am trying to be a better person here. Uh, what do you need from me? Just tell me what you need from me and I'll do it for you. And Lapis is like, I want you to leave. And Peridot is like, okay. And then begins to leave. Uh, Steven is upset about this, but it's okay, because soon Peridot comes running back, screaming, because she's being chased by, like, a, a, a giant red eyeball ship from Homeworld. Um, they, Peridot, Lapis, and Steven all try and get away from the ship, but it eventually does lock onto them. Um, scared, uh, Steven steps in front of Peridot to protect her from the ship, them all assuming that the ship is here for Peridot, seeing as she called Yellow uh, Diamond a clod to her face. Um, seeing exactly how scared Peridot is, uh, Lapis uh, uses the water from the pond to absolutely dumpster this goddamn spaceship into the ground, um, turning to uh, Peridot to ask if she's okay uh, before the crystal gems arrive. Uh, and uh, a ruby with a gem for an eye jumps out of the ship, uh, hard cut the end. Oh, let me scroll okay. down to my notes. So. Um. I identify with uh, Peridot far too much uh, <laughs> in the form of pre-talking out every conversation I ever have. Yeah, I, that... <laughs> That particular gag was very good. It's very telling of, like, Peridot's thought process. And Jesus, they go hard on the Lapidot early. They just jump into it. Both feet. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I. It's a good bit. Like mm-hmm. it's a really, it's a really good bit. Um, Though I, I think as, at this point, it's it is. I think, at the very least, when it comes to Peridot's feelings, I think she genuinely wants to try and actually connect with Lapis. Like, not. I don't think she has like a crush on Lapis at this point or anything like that. She just is like wants. It, it's exciting for her that there is somebody with shared experiences, somebody that she could. I think she's being as genuine as Peridot can be. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that she's like manipulatively flirting or anything like that, mm-hmm. but she's like talking about like sitting next to each other and watching the sunset and, you know, things that are typically well uh, associated think, with being. I think that's uh, there, but also if you think about her experiences so far on earth she's done a lot of those things that she details on the tape recorder with steven true but also i mean yeah (laughs) i mean okay if lapis showed up in my life i would also talk into a tape recorder and be like how do i woo this pastel goth queen (laughs) (laughs) you're valid uh, also, my second note is, please ask permission before you show people your suite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, my next note, honestly, mm-hmm. comprises most of my problems with this episode. Okay. Which is, Lapis has a point. She is being completely reasonable for not believing that Peridot had a face turn immediately. She has very little reason to trust Peridot beyond Steven's word. And honestly, Steven's word is probably why Lapis didn't immediately, like, fucking vaporize Peridot. Right, because it's very obviously Um, that she could at any moment she wants to. Yes. So it's just like... I don't think Lapis is in the wrong here. I don't and I don't think that she up in I think up until the last bit where she like crushes the tape recorder. I don't yeah. think we're meant to. Th- I think that's the thing is the kind of the like the, the lesson of this episode is being legitimately sincere in apologizing for the things like make making real amends for the wrongs that you've done to somebody, not just um superficial gestures at the thing yeah oh my and, god a little bit because like up until the tape recorder thing lapis is not shown as being necessarily like mean it's that peridot is not peridot and steven for that matter are not fully mm-hmm. gripping what the situation is yeah it i don't know i mean i see what the episode is going for mm-hmm. but it just landed completely wrong to me. Like, you know, Steven and Peridot, in in service of proving that Peridot has changed, have decided to run completely roughshod over Lapis's incredibly reasonable boundaries. And at the end of the day, that's supposed to be, you know, a turning point for Lapis, you know, choosing to, you know, give Peridot a chance. And it's just for a show that... I feel has been up until this point really good about showing that boundaries are okay. This just sat really poorly with me. Like the whole episode did. Mm, that's fair. 
And like, I've known people who've, who've been like, I'm different now and she should accept it. And like, at the end of the day, I've had to cut those people out of my life because I gave them a chance and it turned out they weren't different now. So it's just hearing Peridot use that same line of logic as has been used on me by people who didn't need to be in my life is just like kind of frustrating. Yeah, that's fair. Though I, I, she uses that language. It doesn't express those. Peridot is not in the right. I don't feel like Peridot is in the right in this episode until she in fact, tries to, like, she in fact starts show, demonstrating the the behavior that she keeps saying that she she is better at. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Peridot keeps saying, well, I'm different now. But she's not being sincere. She's not thinking about, she's not trying to make amends with Lapis for Lapis's sake. She's trying to make amends for Lapis, with Lapis for her own sake. Um, up until, like, she is real and honest at the end of the episode where she's trying to express like, Hey, I want to have this relationship with you because we, we have this kind of like shared common trauma. You don't have to be alone in this. Uh, but if there's something that you need and I can give it to you, I will. And you know, she is fully going to leave the barn before being chased back there by a spaceship. Um, yeah. And I think that's the, I think that was supposed to I think that's what they're going for is like you can't just say that you're different. You have to, in fact, show that you're different and make those amends with people. Mm-hmm. But I also get what you're saying there. Like it's there are a lot of there are a lot of people who say they're different, who say they've changed, who in fact don't or they're putting on airs or they're but I think the show is in a compressed way is trying to demonstrate that as well in that like in Peridot saying, well, I'm different now, but she's not being sincere. She's only trying to get an apology for her own peace of mind, not to actually make things right with Lapis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I can, I can see where the show is doing that. Mm-hmm. It's just the the way that it ended up all coming together didn't land for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and, and some of that, I admit, is probably because of what has happened to me in the past. And so, like, that definitely doesn't help it sit the right way with me. But, you know, it's... Steven Universe is great, but that doesn't mean it's perfect. And I feel yeah. like this... The way they handled this episode was... There's a, a reason really my third... Step for uh, me. There's a reason my third note is just making amends is interesting here, and there's not many notes after that. <laughs> I figured this would be a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. You know, I have a, I, I do have a lot of superficial notes, like Stephen is a whole ass mood while he's drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, and. <laughs> Lapis like, uh, is great this whole episode. <laughs> yes. I love her uh, uh, so much. She's she's very good. Um and for for all of the the way that like the overarching message didn't land for me, I did greatly enjoy like the way that they portrayed 
Peridot not being able to people very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I just continue to enjoy her character a lot. Like, I love her to death. She is a perfect gremlin child uh, and must be protected at all costs. It's true. Um, and, like, I liked how they didn't shy away from Lapis's trauma. No. Like, they, they and, never and it also, do. <laughs> it, it's also interesting the way that Lapis chose to weaponize her trauma. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I saw, like, I want to say it was just like a Twitter thread um, about the ways in which, like, no, it was a Facebook post uh, about the ways in which people will uh, use supposed openness with a. a generally vulnerable subject to distract from the fact that they're not actually being open and vulnerable at all. Uh, and that uh, really kind of resonates for me with the way that Lapis is choosing to display her trauma as a means to deflect and not actually need to open up because of it. Right. Um, and I, I will also say that, like, the vast majority of my love of Peridot and Lapis together comes from, you know, the next three seasons of the show, or two seasons of the show, three, because we're still at the beginning of this one, really, like, of yeah. their relationship growing together, and I find them adorable when they're together. Uh, this is, I will say that, like, if, if uh, you can definitely get the vibe from this episode, but, like, this episode... Mm-hmm. Uh, alone a ship it does not sail no like (laughs) yeah i mean i can i can definitely see like peridot forming you know trying to form an attachment and a bond to lapis and i am interested to see where they go from here but just in general this episode just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth and so it's like i am not aboard the Lapidot train yet. I'm still, uh, I'm still standing there sadly at Amadot station. Um, uh, God, it, I love how La- Lapis is scarily the, the, the most powerful thing in the room all the time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it's, it's very good. Um, and just like, she's just so casual about it. Mm-hmm. Like, the the show went to great lengths to demonstrate that she was just like flicking a bug. Yeah, this that's, is that's all this was to her. This thing, all of the rest of the gyms are terrified of. Lapis is like, yeah, fuck this thing. Yeah, and she just, you know, it was, it was, it was just like she was flicking a bug. It was, it was delightful. It's a very great, like, there's a lot of great characterization in this episode. You know, just because the overarching message didn't land for me, this that doesn't mean this episode didn't have some great shit in it. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Do we have anything else for uh, Barnmates? Um, I don't know. So, like, Stephen's comment about how, like, not drawing noses is his style just kind of reminded me about, like, Tumblr back in like <laughs> god i want to say like 2016 2017 mm-hmm. where like the the whole like tumblr aesthetic and heavy air quotes is uh was about like tiny noses that had a lot of blush on them 
and just like it's my style um and all of that discourse so i did have those minor flashbacks (laughs) i wouldn't doubt that it's some kind of reference to something like that you know probably actually let's scroll down does it it say anything trivia maybe it's a homestuck reference nope i got nothing yeah oh apparently with uh i that uh the ruby who climbs out of the uh the ship at the end its name is eyeball uh her name is eyeball (laughs) Um, apparently it's like shot for fucking shot Vegeta getting out of his pod. Oh my God. I didn't even realize that. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Steven universe tournament arc win. I know. Uh, it would have been so good. (sighs) I do like the, like. Well, why don't I give her my pi- Camp Pining Heart DVDs? Steven's like, what season? Five. He's like, that's trash. He's like, I know. <laughs> yeah. God. I'm glad to see that Peridot has gotten more seasons of fucking Camp Pining Hearts. It's very good. Uh, I deeply, deeply enjoy uh, Peridot as a shipper gremlin. Um. Okay. So let's move on to Hit the Diamond, episode 83. Uh, This one came out on June the 2nd in the U.S. Um, It was written by Joe Johnston and Jeff Liu. The official synopsis, Steven and the Gems play an old-fashioned game of baseball. They're just trolling at this point. That's a shit post. This one, that, I'm willing to, I'm willing to let that one slide because that's such a good, that's a top-tier shit post for this episode, though. It's true, they're very cheeky. It doesn't feel lazy. It feels like there's a wink and a grin here. Yes. So picking right up after the last episode, Steven and the Gems are stunned to see a group of homeworld rubies emerge from a roaming eye ship. Um, Steven uh, is wondering about them when he's pulled away uh, back into the barn where everybody is kind of like, what are we going to do? Yellow Diamond has finally hunted Peridot down. Oh, my God. Uh, Garnet announces that she has a plan and she unfuses to forming Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, Their plan is basically for Ruby to go out there and pretend to be one of the homeworld rubies uh, and be like, hey, let's just leave. It's bad now. Um, And initially you're like, hey, that plan doesn't seem like it will work. And then it does. You've just got to get on board with the logic of this episode. (laughs) Um, uh, Ruby goes uh, out there to try and get them to go away, but inadvertently exposes uh, the barn. Uh, she runs back to check on it by herself. Uh, Sapphire comforts her, saying, "Like, why don't you just tell them there's a bunch of humans in here?" Uh, so st- he's like, "Yeah." And Stephen goes out with him to be the resident human. Uh, but both Stephen and Ruby panic because neither one of them understands what lying is. Uh, and <laughs> Stephen accidentally challenges the homeworld rubies to a game of baseball. Uh, so the gems have to play the rubies in a game of baseball uh, for, I guess, freedom. It, they don't have to. They just accidentally keep doing this. <laughs> um, everything seems to be going pretty well, except uh, when Sapphire gets on the plate, uh, because Ruby and Sapphire are uh, too gay to function. <laughs> uh, the game goes okay-ish till it's the bottom of the ninth. Um, the rubies are a one-run lead. Lapis is on 
on the plate uh, and it's up to Sapphire. Steven comes out and he's like, listen, you got to get this shit together. Get your shit together. You two stop being so fucking gay. Um, uh, Ruby uh, uh, helps uh, calm Sapphire down, gets her gets her pumped up and Ruby or no Sapphire hits a home run uh, coming around the plate. She's so excited about it. She jumps into Ruby's arms where they fuse into Garnet and the fucking jig is up. Uh, the Rubies from Homeworld all form one gigantic Ruby uh, till finally Peridot runs out. Uh, she puts herself in front of the group and she's like, I'm not going to let you hurt my friends. I'm the one you're looking for. They're like, are you the Peridot from the failed research uh, mission? She's like, well, I wouldn't necessarily say failed. And they're like, where is Jasper? She's like, you're not here for me. And they're like, no. She's like, well, they're on uh, Neptune. And then they believe them and leave. Um, Amethyst is like, wow, those are not smart rubies. And Garnet's like, not all rubies are dumb. Star wipe the end. <laughs> yeah. Um. God, this was such a good episode. It, I love all of these, all of these ridiculous rubies. They're all so good. I love when like, they make the voice actors be 800 different versions of the same character. This is, it was, it was just such a delight. It, I think that the thing that completely sold it for me was Sapphire being like, huh, well, I did see this as a possible outcome, but I didn't think that's what we were going to go with. <laughs> yeah, it seems weird, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it was such a delight. Everything about it from start to finish was... Just I'm, absolutely hilarious. I am here for Peridot's Gremlin run to return. Yes. Uh, yes. The. I. It's just the stupidest fucking plot. <laughs> like it's so dumb. If you sit I and think it. for it for even a nanosecond, you're like, why? How did we get here? <laughs> um, I don't care. Here is delightful. Uh, um. The the fucking Ruby and Sapphire. They're great. Um, okay, so we- I honestly, so, yeah, so, on. like, my first note is actually about, like, all the different rubies, um, because I thought that the way that they slightly tweaked the, each of the, the rubies' different character designs, mm -hmm. uh, but it still felt really unified, so it's like they're all identifiably ruby, but they're all differentiated slightly. Yeah. Uh, the, it was really good, like, the character design on that was really good. Uh, spoiler alert, they come back. They, in fact, don't find Jasper on Neptune. Um, huh. Yeah, weird. weird. Uh, they all get names. It's basically whatever body part their, their ruby is on. So that's why that that's one I called eyeball. disconcerting. Yeah. It's eyeball, belly button. Uh, I can't remember all of them. <laughs> I just know those two. Um... <laughs> I have two uh, notes back to back that like this is just the dumbest fucking thing and I love it. Next note, like no fucking logic. Just hey, this is the idea and just fucking strap in. <laughs> it's good though. Like everybody's just so earnest about it and I think I think the the fact that it just all falls apart at the end is really what makes it work mm -hmm. because it doesn't like 
it kind of shows that everybody got caught up in the moment and that once the moment breaks, it's like, wait, this actually is really kind of stupid. Why are we all... Ow! Little bit is in a bite mood tonight. He is. um, I should probably, like, see if I can shoo him out of the office, honestly. It's okay, it's fine. Um, You say it's fine. I'm the one he's biting. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't mind. Uh, Fuck off. (laughs) Uh, All of our questions for this week are all pretty much about this episode. They're from Izzy, so I'm going to go ahead and read them. Um, Which is your favorite Ruby, besides, obviously, Ruby Prime? So, I think my favorite one is the one that's, like, slightly pinkish. I don't remember where her gem is, but she's the one who's, like acting super femme Uh, i believe that's belly button okay yeah i like her she's adorable uh i like eyeball but for some future reasons we'll come back to eyeball okay um who has the your favorite baseball uniform um i think sapphire it's true it's very cute sophie it's absolutely adorable uh i love that lapis is just bob Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and and Pearl is just Earl. <laughs> like all of their all of their baseball names are very good. Uh and is this is this baseball, baseball or Calvin ball? Uh So like the circumstances make it seem very ridiculous, but at the end of the day, it's pretty much just baseball. Yeah, no what no one is going to be, like, randomly incinerated by the umpire. Yeah. Like, it's fun. It's It's got a lot of fun set dressing. And the perceived stakes are very high. But at the end of the day, it's just baseball. Yeah, it's just baseball. It's good old-fashioned baseball, like the episode description says. Yeah. Uh, some random notes. Uh, I love the Daria reference with Lapis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did notice that. Uh, Will <laughs> pop hard for a reference to Daria. Uh, <laughs> Ruby and Sapphire are too adorable. They're hilarious. Oh my the God. scene where they're, they're just so like funny. they're just like hardcore flirting at each other and like the whole the whole team sort of stops and turns in horror like, oh no. <laughs> How did anybody think that this wasn't gay? I I don't like, know. It's so like the whole the the whole sequence where like Ruby was like coaching Sapphire on how to hold a bat by like being behind her I mean, and like Sapphire kisses her on the cheek before she goes out to like face the uh the face the uh the other rubies at the very beginning. That's true. Like I I guess but that that's that's not like horny. <laughs> it's true. The the long it's wild the longer these two are separated, the like just their horny meters are exponentially going up for each other. Yeah. Uh I like that also why does Lapis know what flirting is? <laughs> I mean, she's seen some shit as the mirror it implies. True, I guess. That's fair. She had to hang out with Pearl and Rose for so long. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, we don't know what she did before she was in the mirror, really, so she could have been, like, 
a regular Casanova before we met her. We just don't know. Yeah, it's just it's interesting because like the romantic relationship between Ruby and Sapphire, as like posed in the answer, like seems extremely uncommon. Mm. But well, I, I mean, don't think we, Lapis is like is like the same level of high ranking gym that uh, like say Sapphire is. Yeah. Um, I know what yeah. like her purpose is utilitarian uh, in, in the gym empire. So it may be one of those things where like we observed with like the rubies where they had more of like a personal relationship with each other uh, because it's one of those things of like because they're much quote unquote lower class. There's less oversight. Yeah. Yeah, that that is that's my line of thinking on that one. Uh, I don't know why, I don't remember exactly what in reference I wrote this to, but I wrote, someone is going to win tonight, winky face. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, it's probably, probably Pearl and or Sapphire, really. Yeah. And you could, you could say that at just like any of their interactions. It's true. Like, like it, it's amazing that they didn't turn around. These two are just like fucking in a bush, like slightly away yeah. from, <laughs> from the baseball diamond. Yeah, like, you know, when when I thought that, like, I don't know what I conceptualized Sapphire and Ruby's relationship to be just, like, from what I had absorbed on the internet as a gay on the internet mm -hmm. during the time that Steven Universe was airing, but I didn't realize it was, like so overt yeah these two are extremely uh passionately uh in love with each other yes and it's not like i don't it's not bad yeah it's not in any way shape or form hidden it's so wild to see people talk about it especially like now in the context of like modern cartoons that are coming out mm. um you know your uh your loud houses your uh shiras your hell even your voltrons and you know uh you know in the owl house and probably amphibia i don't know that show's got to end up gay i can't i would be mad if it didn't um <laughs> uh but people talking about steven universe in that context and it's like this is like the what like this is like the wild west days of like queers on the tv um yeah i just like you know this is five years ago at this point and like no, in, in knowing after the books came out in interviews that they've done, like the level of tooth and nail fighting that Rebecca Sugar had to do behind the scenes for this show, uh, and it's like, yeah, she or they didn't compromise hardly at all <laughs> for this motherfucker. Yeah, like I'm just I am blown away at how overtly <laughs> gay this is. Like they they're not even like. You know, like, Lapis explicitly calls it flirting, and nobody's like, oh, they're not flirting. No, yeah. it's like she's calling a spade a spade. Right, exactly. And they're, in fact, they're, in fact, terrified because they know the power that this, these two flirting have. <laughs> yep. Um, it's just extremely, I see also, like, credit, like, here's another thing. Uh, if you're on the internet and you're listening to this, uh, and you're not, like, one of the 
one of the people who hangs out in our discord and who I are, I know don't have these opinions. Like this is not a call out to anybody that I know. This is a call out to Twitter people, uh, because I ex- like, I read through, uh, hashtags pretty regularly. Um, even though the gay space rocks, Twitter is like kind of a desolate wasteland of content. Uh, sorry, it's hard to run more than one Twitter account. Um, but like people talking about like how Rebecca sugar copped out with calling them like, Oh, the gender, like the gems are like, genderless but they present female i'm like that doesn't change anything it's still fucking gay like even if like yeah maybe rebecca sugar did say that as a cop out at the time because like that's an easy way to get past censors or blah like or fucking has to get this shit past like standards and practices so you say shit in an interview or you say weird shit to get it past standards and practices to get it on tv but also even if they are complete, like, even if they are, don't have, like, a conceptualization of gender and they just present a female, that don't make it less fucking gay. There's, like, human beings that do that shit, too, you dumb fucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, my, my current relationship is to, like, non-binary people who, you know, we're still gay. Yeah. Just because we we don't have gender doesn't mean we're not gay. And you can not have gender in a di- in, and also use she, her pronouns. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Eat shit. <laughs> the official Gay Space Rocks uh, stance is fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like that encompasses our stance on a lot of things, not just Steven Universe. It's true. But, you know. Yeah. Fucking gender essentialists, get the fuck out. Unsubscribe from this podcast. Leave me a bad review. <laughs> yeah. Leave me a one star review so I can fucking clown on it on this goddamn podcast. I know no one out there is. Everybody who listens to this show is a real fucking winner. Uh, but if you aren't a fucking winner, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard not to name this episode, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh,. Also, why do also, why does it have to come down to Sapphire, the gym with arguably the worst depth perception? Yeah. <laughs> Not, what what do you mean arguably? Like it's physically impossible for her to have depth perception. Well, you can con- like pe- people who, who like you eventually con- like you know your brain can. It doesn't get quite to. It's not exactly the same, obviously, but like you can uh, function. Okay. You can, you, I'm not saying you can't function with only one eye. I'm just saying, like, you physically cannot have stereostop, stereoscopic vision with a single eyeball. And while you can, you know, learn to, like, gauge distances based on, like, your experiences and stuff, that that's not depth perception as such. That's true. Like. And also, even worse, she's used to having three eyes. <laughs> Yeah. I don't understand how that works, but I bet it's somehow better than two. Yeah. She just called a sub. I'm not going to lie. Fortunately, uh, <laughs> Sapphire wins the game with the power of gay love. Yes. Um, oh, man. Uh, there's, a, as- there's a little effect at the end when the ship uh, teleports away that I love, like that weird squiggle that appears above it. Mm-hmm. That is just like incongruent art style wise. Like it's flat and it doesn't fit. And there's no shading to it. I love it. I don't know what about it, but I wrote it down. I'm like, this is the greatest thing. So 
my uh my next note after uh oh my god stop flirting <laughs> uh was pointing out you know Peridot being like you're lying to me and Steven says to make you feel better and she said thank you like her reactions to Steven being nice to her are so good <laughs> like when he was like I love you Peridot and she was like thanks <laughs> yeah she's 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 doing she's trying yeah, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not mad. Oh about yeah, no, it. I know. Like, I like. I, I, I like how they. They definitely. I like how they have turned Peridot into a more caring character without like fundamentally changing Peridot. Yeah, and like you know, there are a lot of things that she clearly has not had exposure to socially, mm-hmm. being the type of gem she is in the society that she was in. And it's cute seeing her, like, butt up against those experiences and try to fit in, like, the things that are happening within, like, what she's got as far as, like, her lived paradigm is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, you know, well, you know, I I appreciate that Steven's doing these things for me, so I guess I should say thanks without any, like, thought to... Like, whether or not that is technically considered the socially appropriate response. And, like, Steven just rolls with it. He knows what Peridot means. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got names for all of all of the uh, rubies. They're, they were down here. Uh-huh. Apparently, they're in the end credits. They're given designated oh. nicknames in the end credits. If it, but they have all the same voice actor, which is hilarious to me. Um... So the one with the ruby in the eye is Eyeball. Mm-hmm. Um, the one with uh, the gemstone in her chest, the one that kind of seemed like the leader, is named Doc. Mm-hmm. The one with the gem on her left shoulder is Army. The one with the uh, gem in her belly button is not, sorry, not called belly, or belly button. She's called Navy for navel. And then the one with the mm-hmm. gem on her leg is Leggy. Okay. Yeah. Which was the one who who said thank you at That's the eyeball. end? Okay, because like I don't know, like Amethyst made the comment about Ruby's being dumb, which Amethyst rude, but like I don't know the way that that um, eyeball said thank you like that, like genuinely made me wonder if she hadn't like cottoned on to the whole thing from the beginning possibly and we will see we see eyeball again we see all of these back again but we get particular i will i'll let you we will get a particular focus on eyeball and navy okay apparently the track because uh avi tran one of the um uh composers for the show put the track on SoundCloud of like that plays under Sapphire's home run. And it's called the magic glory of sports. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. I mean, that's fair. Okay. I, I, <laughs> good. Good sports ball episode. Great, great. Frankly, greatest gayest sports episode uh, in a Western cartoon so far. Yes. Um. Oh, that's not true. 
anymore. It was. I. How does oh. this stack up against Grudgeby? So, this is still gayer because you have like an explicitly established couple True. flirting There's with not, each other on the yeah, field. Yeah, because Grudgeby is more about pining, and this is more. This is also about pining, but like a next level of pining. <laughs> yeah, like. It is somehow established relationship pining. Yes. Fake fake undating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fake undating, our new genre. Uh, okay, let's move on to Stephen Floats. Unless you got anything else. No. Okay. Stephen Floats, episode 84, came out on July 18th. Uh, it was written by just Paul Velico. Hmm. Just the only one. I mean, it's pretty, pretty... I can see why, how it was written by only one person, but, like, weird. That's the first one that's come up where it's only one person. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe he just, I don't know. I wonder what was, I wonder what the story with that is. Um, official synopsis. Steven is so excited to be back home that he jumps for joy and jumps way too high. That's literally, what? (laughs) That's too much information. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't know. Maybe these these summaries walked so Owl House's summaries could run. I guess. Wild. Anyways, the Crystal Gems return home late at night, and Steven is very fucking excited. He says home, he says hello to everything. He loves his whole house. Um... He uh, goes to get a snack out of the fridge, but everything is super bad. So he heads out to the Big Donut to get a donut. Um, unfortunately, it's way too late and Sadie is locking up. Stephen begs her to open the Big Donut, but she refuses to do so. However, she tells him that they're finally baking their own donuts at the Big Donut. And if Stephen revi- rev- r- arrives at the shop early enough, he can get the first fresh baked donut in the morning. Um, Steven then sets his alarm for 6.55 so he can be there right at 7 when they open. I guess he literally lives in only a five-minute walk away from the Big Donut. Um, that seems fake, but whatever. Uh, Steven, uh, is, uh, chilling out. He's, like, looking at the beach. Um, he, he's just vibing, man. He's loving being back home, and he jumps up, um, and he jumps up way too high, He jumps up way higher than he's ever jumped before, and he lands very, very slowly. Um, He realizes, basically, that he's developed a whole new power. Uh, He immediately starts exploring this power, jumping super-duper high until he's well above the clouds. And then he's falling slowly. Way, way, way too slowly. Uh, He (laughs) is up in the sky for a long time till finally he spots amethyst uh after just throwing his shoes at her uh he finally gets her attention and she gets the rest of the crystal gems out um they are all very panicked but this is a power that rose quartz uh did have uh so uh, garnet uh makes contact with steven by acquiring kofi pizza's phone his last name cannot be pizza anyways <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, they cannot seem to get Steven to move any faster, so they stay up all night, keeping him company. Uh, Finally, his alarm is going off in the morning. He's like, oh my god, I'm gonna miss the big donut. Uh, So he 
the gems all try to weigh him down with various objects, but it's of no use. Steven um, f- turns over, staring at the ground. He's so sad. He imagines the scenario of the donut, the donut saga of him missing the first fresh baked donut. Everybody there getting their donuts. Uh, finally, Mayor Dewey ends world hunger via donuts. But Steven, he's stuck in the air and he dies like a sad sack. Um, Steven realizes, hey, he's he's moving. He's he's moving quicker now. Wait, no, he's legit falling now. Um, he's freaking out and he realizes like, oh, shit, my powers, they're connected to my emotions. I've got to think happy thoughts. He tries to think through a bunch of happy thoughts. They do not work well. Um, until finally he spots the gems and he's like, oh, the gems, they're always here for me. They always make me feel better or they're they're like, you know, basically he's like he's overcome with love for his family. Um, This saves him from crashing into the ground. Uh, Garnet, when he hits the ground, is like, I know you want to hug us, but you got to go. You got to run to the big donut right now. Uh, And turns out that Steven didn't miss the big donut. It opens at 730 because it's fucking Sunday. Steven gets uh, the fresh baked donut. Uh, he excitedly jumps into the air, crashing into the ceiling, star wipe the end. I don't have a whole lot of notes for this episode, but it's a very cute episode. It's a very cute episode based on like the way you were talking last Mm -hmm. week and the fact that I got it vibes from the title. Uh, I was expecting like existential horror, but no, this was a really cute episode. Um, I liked the callback to the workplace safety thing, presumably where there was a scorch mark in the back room when uh, Steven briefly worked for the Big Donut. Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, I liked Sadie's back. That was my first note is Sadie! <laughs> Exclamation point. Yes. I'm so glad to see Sadie again. I love her very much. Uh, my top notes for this episode are that close-up mouth of the sh- uh, uh, close-up shot of the mouth being like hot or fresh or whatever makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly uncomfortable, and it's even more uncomfortable when it turns into a donut. Yeah, doing my, it later. A, in the a few show. notes later, it goes, "Hey, the donut mouth was worse." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember uh, what I, I have, said of what's a this is a great fucking gag. I don't know what gag I'm. Oh, it's Amethyst jumping up. And Steven trying to talk to her very quickly. And it's hilarious. I don't know why I found it funny, but I was like fucking laughing my ass off at work watching it. So I had Amethyst is such a mood, but I don't remember what it was about. But I mean, Amethyst is just a mood in general. It's so. true can be applied to most amethyst interactions yeah uh um, steven's such a little drama king when he's like he he's imagining his like woe is me donut scenario yes although like i appreciated that that was it was a very steven train of thought to to go down and also seemed very appropriate for his age yeah um but i it's so cute all the the activities that the gems do to keep uh, to keep Steven company the whole night. Mm-hmm. That was just very cute. Uh, Steven holds a whole fucking boat up. Yeah. <laughs> I like how this is a filler episode, but they're so casually implying like, yeah, Steven can almost fly and also he can pick up a whole boat. Just cash. Well, he didn't pick it up. 
He was not crushed he under the weight of it. Hold it. it. <laughs> I'm just saying we don't know if he can lift. That's true. I feel like if Stephen hadn't figured out the floating, I think he would have survived the fall. I agree, if only because he probably would have instinctively bubbled at the end. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, he's he's done that before, yeah. or, you know, similar things to that, so, like, he would have survived. Yeah, he would have probably been okay. But, um... Why does Steven have Kofi's number in his phone when he's like, ugh, I don't want fish stew pizza? Maybe he's got caller ID. Maybe? Because, like, my work phone, it'll, like, it'll pull up people's names off their phone numbers or whatever. I guess. But also, maybe know. he just has feel... Kofi's phone number. And I'm sure Kofi doesn't want him to have his phone number, but he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Kofi gets calls and Steven being like, hey, I, I need a pizza. And Kofi's like, this is the my personal phone. This is not the store phone, <laughs> Steven Universe. No. You are banned from the fish hey, stew pizza. Get your own. Come on. <laughs> get. Sky is, Hang on, where Sky is eating the forbidden food. No, a little bit was here in the office with me when the girls' feeders went uh. off. Uh, and Anya is sorting out the uh, cat food fiasco. The cat food catastrophe. Mm. <laughs> Not feeling no? it. No? Okay, well, fuck you. It was a good effort. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I can see that. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like that's definitely a thing early mm -hmm. show Steven would do, but I feel like Steven is a much more mellow person now. True, but that doesn't mean he deleted Kofi's number from his phone. True. I have yeah. so many numbers from people I haven't called in maybe six years because they just oh god they just same. transport from phone to phone now. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Although the gag of, like, Amethyst just, like, flinging herself off screen to go steal somebody's phone was uh, oh, yeah, also uh, Garnet. top tier. Garnet, It's yes, also Garnet, hilarious sorry. that Garnet immediately went and stole Kofi's phone. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ugh. Um, let's see. The, the, the very brief nod to Steven's mother issues. Sick. Very, I like when the show gets a little bit self-referential, like, okay. Like, it's also yeah, interesting. Those are like, complicated. Yeah, it's also, I don't, it's like one of those weird things where Steven wouldn't necessarily, like, it's interesting seeing Steven away from other people. Mm -hmm. Like, where he thinks he's alone or he's too stressed to, like, put on a happy face for things, you know? Yeah. Because I do think a lot of, like, Steven's bubbly personality is, like, he wants other people around him to feel comfortable and happy and so he he puts on a bit of a of not an act but like he definitely turns on when there's other people because we've seen it before in the show when steven's by himself he has a tendency to be a lot more dour yes and when he's like with other versions of himself mm -hmm. uh things tend to go poorly um 
this poor kid just can't be left to his own devices, really. No. Um, I like that the ground control the Steven Universe little gag from Garnet. Yes. Garnet's just good. That's true. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's all I've got notes wise. There's not yeah. a lot to take notes on here. Yeah, it's it's just a yeah. very cute character it's, episode. It's I a mean, good decompression after the last five episodes that are pretty all very high stakes. Or yes. all very high drama, not necessarily high stakes, because like Barnmates isn't high stakes, but it is high drama. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's also a cute way to uh, demonstrate Steven continuing to grow into his powers and, like, you know, also showing some character growth because, you know, the last time he had uh, issues with his powers, he's just like, I don't know what's, what's causing this. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now he has the sense to do at least a little introspection. I mean, Steven still kind of sucks at introspection, but he tried. Yeah. I mean, he's also, like, only 13, or 14. Uh, he's 14, right? Ooh. I can't remember how old he was in the birthday episode. He's either 13 or 14. He's one of those two things. Yeah. Uh, I think he's 14, because he's, he's significantly older than... Well, not significantly, but he's, like a year in somewhat older than Connie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not like I was great at introspection when I was 14. No, but I mean, like, Stephen is incredibly emotionally intelligent with everybody but himself. Yeah. And for the first time, we see him turning some of that, some of that emotional intelligence inwards. Right. He's really kind of stepping into his, like, we are definitely transitioning out of, like, the kid Steven that, like, started out in season one. Yes. And he's obviously still a kid, but he's, like, he's getting more mature, he's getting more capable, he's becoming more competent. Which is fun to see. Definitely. Alrighty. Well, next time we will be covering episodes 85, 86, and 87, Dropbeat Dad, Mr. Greg, and Too Short to Ride. Y'all, we're finally getting to Mr. Greg. August doesn't know why I'm so hyped about it, um, but I am. Actually, I will I, I will get August hyped about Mr. Greg. It's a musical episode, August. Okay. And it okay. has a torch song. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, so get ready, get hype. Um, I might try and not for next episode, but like maybe the episode after that, I might try and get a hold of uh, somebody to come be a guest on there from from Knox Pride stuff. So, okay. um, oh, uh, if uh, by the time you hear this, uh, Paris is bumping will be available on I. W 
it, yeah, IWTV.com. Uh, the VOD will be available. Uh, it's like a subscription service that has a whole bunch of different independent wrestling stuff on there. It's $10 a month. If you just want to check out uh, Paris's Bumping, uh, that's cool. Just do the $10 and watch it. Uh, we haven't watched it yet. It comes out tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> but I have every confidence that's cool. We have an ad in there. It's fun. Um, um, let's see. Do we have anything else to promote? Uh, you know, I was thinking about something that we should be promoting at the beginning of the recording, and I forgot to note it down, so, uh, I guess not. Um, um, Saga's The Nebulous Charity Stream, The Price of Coal, I'll probably cut all of this. (laughs) Yeah. Um... If I think of it, I'll ping you to record a pickup. Okay. Um, sweet. Well, um, you can find, you know where to find us. We're, it's the same place at the beginning of the episode. We don't have to do that again. <laughs> I don't feel like, you know what's up. Um. You know who we are by this yeah. point. Anything cool coming up on FTL? Um, yes, actually, we're coming up on the end of season five. Um, is that what it was we rec- that you were thinking of? I, no, I don't think so. But yeah, we're coming up on the end of season five. Uh, should be uh, a rip-roaring good time. Um, we played a spooky game uh, for our season closer. It's uh, Map's final episode with us, uh, but it's a very good send-off. So... Um, yeah check that out uh ftlcast.com or ftlcast on twitter okay well uh, i'm pretty sure i did it last time so i believe it's your turn august all right well in that case i encourage you to be like cookie cat and leave your family behind Peace. peace